Technorama episode 695, a one-way ticket to Laugh-A-Lot Land. Hello and welcome to Technorama. This is the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome and thank you. And if you are returning, welcome back and double thank you. I triple dog thank you. I'm Chuck Tomasi from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, where it is oh dark 30. And right over there is Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? I'm doing good. I've got the Christmas spirit. Really? Yeah, actually... Did you, is it like in the quart size bottle or the uh, gallon? Yeah, I went for the quart. Yes, right. The 750 mils. (laughs) That's right. No, um, yeah, actually I feel, (laughs) Kim and I just watched that movie. It's a, it's a go-to movie for us, um, for Christmas, the Christmas with the cranks. You ever seen that? I don't think I have. Oh, you haven't seen that? Nope. Um, with Tim Allen. Uh, anyway, uh, they're skipping Christmas because their daughter leaves leaves the house and they're going to go on a cruise. Well, I feel like we're kind of doing the same thing a little bit because we're actually going out of the country for, for this one. But Have you ever not been at home for Christmas before? This is probably, you know, this is the first time. This is so interesting. Yeah, it's our first time. Yeah. Oh, you forgot a link to our question of the week. Oh, well, I'll go do that real quick. So anyway, yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. Um, not being around, but you know what? That's okay for it's kind of fun. Occasion. It's kind of fun. Yeah. We did that uh, 23 years ago, 2019, with Julie and Will. We went on this three-day cruise, and Christmas Day, we were down in Mexico doing a winery tour. By 9 a.m., <laughs> we were lit. It's like, I want every Christmas morning this way. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> it was like pizza and wine and more wine. Right. Here, try this liqueur and more wine. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I like this Christmas. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, let me see if we can find this real quick. We had our question of the week. Well, we play our special song. Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. Oh, boy. Red for it. Our question of the week for you last week was, or last, oh, it's been a while, a few weeks ago. That's right. Was describe your favorite movie, TV, or book in exactly six words. Let's see how we do at guessing some oh, of these. I'm going to tell you, I, I probably should have cheated and looked some of these up, but I did not. So um, Gary Lindro says the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That's Casablanca. Okay. John Kreitzer says, I'm a doctor, most... not a bricklayer. Yeah. Let's see. All comments. Oh my gosh. This stupid Facebook. All right. So which one did you say? Uh... I did Gary and John. Gary and John. Okay. Mike Robinson says railway worker, new sheriff in town. Are you seeing a different order than mine? Yeah. I, I did, had to do all comments. That was uh, Blazing Saddles. Rail, railway worker, new sheriff. Yep, that's Blazing Saddles. Let's see. Uh, Lone Guy's Knight says... The new ship, sheriff, he's a... I'm sorry, I'm not Lone Guy's Knight says, do not mention his large nose. Oh, I'm <laughs> guessing that's Cyrano. <laughs> or what was the name of the Steve Martin version? Um, Roxanne? Roxanne, yes, thank you. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, John Kratzer says, I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Uh, Star Trek. I don't know yep. which Star Trek, but yes. John Noble, well, a bricklayer is um, devil in the dark. John Noble only uh, has four words. Don't forget your towel. <laughs> he, Michelle even got him. Is. Says not six words. <laughs> yeah, not six words. You <laughs> got called out on that one. <laughs> That's right. What do you got? Um, let's see. Oh, Kyle Nishioka visited alter, alternate universe. Only got superpowers. Oh, visited alternate universe. Oh, got superpowers. It's a Marvel movie, I think. I'm just. <laughs> oh my god! I think he's got I us on that. Read when I knew. I, 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 I and I'm feeling foolish for not guessing that one too. Good, good clue. Good clue. Hmm. Okay. Uh, did you do Mike Robinson's Little People? No, I didn't do all. Little that, People guys, acquire everyone. treasure past future. Oh, that was uh, the uh, Tom Bandits. Okay, you win. I didn't see that one. Jack Mangan says never made it to Tashi Station. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what that one would be. <laughs> Star Trek, the motion picture. No. Um, that was Robot Chicken. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait. Uh, I can't read. I was going to read S Steve London's, but I, I can't. Do the translation. Oh, all them, damn, all them uh, go ramp. Oh, it's uh, um, uh, Serenity. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> or Firefly, one of the two. Yeah, Firefly, Serenity, yeah. Okay, uh, Mike Robinson has That's a few of them in here. Beer run, car semi-timed event. <laughs> Cannonball run. Yep. Oh, yeah, of course. That is a, I, I'm surprised I didn't see that one. That's a good one. Um, on mine, I shared uh, Brian Parker. He says, we will always have Paris. He says, okay, I know it's only five words, but sue me. We will always have Paris. Michelle says... Oh, we'll always have Paris. That's a well. It's an epi It was on an episode of Star Trek. That was the name of the episode of TNG. But we will always have Paris. Is oh. um, it's actually from a movie? Oh, I know, Casablanca. Was that per Casablanca? We have two Casablanca. I think it is. Here? Yes, I think you're I right. I think you're right. Yep. I knew it was a reference from something before Star Trek. It's just Star Trek was yeah. referencing it. Uh, Michelle says, "Hotties time travel for better <laughs> grades." <laughs> Gee, what's that? Hotties time travel for better grades. Come on, uh, Craig. Hotties time travel for better grades. Excellent, dudes. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, God. Of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, by the way, Mike Rob uh, Robinson says Smokey and the Bandit. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, is that what you said? Yes, oh, you are. You I don't know if your audio is not working or you're not paying attention. Huh? <laughs> who, who am I talking to? Podcast. Is that what we've been doing? <laughs> right. For the last 800 years. Kyle's got another one here. Beer can and babysitter saves galaxy. Ooh. Oh, I should know that. Yeah, Chuck, you said cannonball run. That's what I what? was getting at. I'm not... I'm not the crazy one. You say Cannonball Run, not Smoking the Bandit. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. Oh, thank you. Woo! Oh, my gosh. Put that on the calendar. Thank Craig you. was right. What? <laughs> <laughs> All 
I'm right more than people like to admit. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't even remember what Cannonball Run was about. <laughs> that was one where they were trying to go across the country. Oh, that's right. You know, yeah. No semis and beer involved. All beer. Yeah, it was fucking the bandit. Adventurous rabbits elevated holes. Strange <laughs> victory. Mike Robinson and Clinton Albert uh, got my back. Thanks, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're close. That's right. They're both All based right. on the same premise about the same time. Beer can and babysitter. Save galaxy. Beer can. That's what's throwing me off. <laughs> I have no idea on that one. Oh my gosh. Well, this Kyle's was fun. Like, Kyle's going to be like, you couple of idiots. <laughs> well, be he's been saying that either. for 50, 18 years. What <laughs> your point like, being? That would be the first time. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was pretty good. Okay, that was you fun. One on your, you have one on yours? Did you? Uh, did you get that? Did one? I get that one? No. All right, let me look real quick. Yeah. All right. Two shares. One comment. Brian Parker says we will always have Paris. Okay, it's only five words. Sue no. me. On yours, he said. April Stewart says crawdad oh. singing murder mystery plot twist. Oh, that's what she said. Okay, I looked at yours. Crawdad singing murder mystery plot twist. Um, is that where that one that just came out where the crawdads sing the book that was turned into a movie or the, where, where the, where the crawdads swim play? I don't know. I saw it come up that's, on that's Netflix. That's where they sing. That's where the, where yeah. the crawdads sing. I mean, I'm that familiar with it. the book, but I, I don't, I didn't, I don't know. Uh, hmm. okay. Maybe we're not so great at this. <laughs> hmm. How about, um, uh, let me see if I can put this into six words. Don't eat the soup. It's people. <laughs> oh, my God. Fried green tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Oh, boy. All right. Take me around the block. <laughs> Take you around the block. Okay. Drive me around the block. How's that? Okay. Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, I see. I think he went more around the block. All right. <laughs> How about just one word? Wilson. <laughs> How about let's get out of here? That's five words. Uh, all right. Let's move along. Get on with the show. Ah, no kidding. All right. That was fun. We'll do something similar towards the end of the show. Another letter from our listeners. <laughs> hey, at least now we have a live chat so people can fix our show in, on the fly. Used to be you'd have to call in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It, November yeah, was na National Call-In Month. Yeah, so we closed the, the voicemail line until next November. No, actually, we didn't. So if you <laughs> want to call us, you can hit us up at 707-530-CHAT. That's 2428. Where's the banner? Oh, I'll get it. I'll get it. There it is. Yeah, there. Okay. Maybe we should just leave that up there for the viewers at home. Yeah. All right. And Monday is the 14th. Yeah. Chuck didn't oh, finish you know his what? job here. I was hoping people could see it, but the, uh, I got the leg lamp on, but it's a little too bright. It doesn't, you can't really see it. You can't see the leg. There. Yeah. It's like a tiny right there. Craig's got a leg up on the rest of us. That's right. 
All right, let's go on to history then. All right. On this day in history for December 14, 2022. This is 348th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are only 17 days remaining in 2022. I always sound shocked when it gets into December. Yeah. (laughs) It was on this date in 1782 that the Montgolfier brothers first test flew an unmanned hot air balloon in France. It floated nearly 2.5 kilometer. That's about 1.6 miles. All right. And on, also on December 14th, 1900, Max Planck. Planck. Yeah, Planck. Uh, presented a theoretical uh, derivation. Der- Dirigible. <laughs> yeah. Derivation of his black body radiation law in quantum theory at the Psychic Society in Berlin. I think that's physic. <laughs> Derivation, huh? I think that's physic society. Oh, what'd I say? Psychic. Oh. Max Planck was not into psychics, hey, as far as I know. The, the, the thing was, they had to figure out what he was thinking, not necessarily <laughs> tell him. So. I'm detecting a black body radiation. <laughs> That's right. Quantum theory, you're high. Okay. The Commercial Pacific <laughs> Cable Company laid the first Pacific Telegraph cable from San Francisco to Honolulu on this date in 1902. Wow. And it was also on the date in 1903 that the Wright brothers made their first attempt to fly with the Wright Flyer at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, which is you know, not really in my backyard. I've actually been there. Cool. They, I like this. Their first attempt to fly, meaning it wasn't yeah. successful, but they kept they at quite, it. Yeah. yeah. On December 14th, 1918, the 1918 United Kingdom general election occurred, the first where women were permitted to vote. Good for them. Wow. And it was also in the state in 1940 that plutonium, specifically PU-238, Doc Brown, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, was first isolated in Berkeley, California. No, Marvin the Martian had that with the PU-238 explosive yes, right. space modulator. Yes. It was on the same date in 1948 that Thomas T. Goldsmith Jr. and Essel Ray Mann, these people have to have three-part names, they were granted a patent for the cathode ray tube amusement device. Amusement device. Earliest known interactive electronic game. Hmm. And look where they're at today. You know, what's kind of funny is after what? 70, 80 years? Uh, yep. Or, I mean, not quite 80, but you know, all those are gone. Or a lot of them are gone, the cathode ray tubes. And on December 14th, 1960, 1962... NASA Mariner 2 became the first spacecraft to fly to Venus. Also on that date in 1972, 50 years ago today, Eugene Cernan was the last person to walk on the moon. Interestingly enough, Artemis splashed down today. Did you watch that? Uh, I watched the, re- the replay. Yeah, it was pretty oh, okay. cool. I watched it live. Well, anyway, after he and Harrison Schmidt had completed the third and final extravehicular activity, or EVA, of the Apollo 17 mission. It's because that thing ran out of gas. Yeah, <laughs> a little jalopy. Also, on December fourteenth, nineteen ninety-four, construction began on the Three Gorges Dam on the Yangtze River. I started to say Three Stooges Dam. How gorgeous <laughs> was it? It was so gorgeous. They had three of them. It was also on this date in twenty seventeen that the Walt Disney Company announced that it would acquire twenty first century Fox, including the twentieth century. Fox Movie Studio for 
52.4 billion dollars. Happy birthday goes on on this date too. Danish astronomer and chemist Tycho Brahe, born on this date in 1546. And also born on December 14th, 1794, American businessman and politician Uratus Corning. <laughs> Uratus? Yeah. Uratus. near killed us. Yeah. <laughs> Edward Laurie Tatum, the American geneticist and academic Nobel Prize laureate, was born 113 years ago today. A German-American physicist and engineer Hans von Ohan was born 111 years ago today. Nikolai Bosov. The Russian physicist and academic, he was also Nobel Prize laureate. He was born exactly 100 years ago today. 100. Ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh, oh. <laughs> now you're really Dave? mixing up the character voices. <laughs> Please do continue. <laughs> you did sound like the count there for a minute. David R. Harris, English uh, geographer, anthropist, um, an- anthropologist, excuse me. An archaeologist was born on the same date in 1930. He really couldn't pick a major, could he? No, he was like, "What? I want to. No, I want to do this." Yeah. Canadian physicist and astronaut Steve McLean. Oh, not related to John McLean. He's 68 today. This is brother. An American mathematician and academic, uh, Jill Fy- uh, Pfeiffer, was born on the state in 1955. Listener birthdays this week go out to. Michael Spence from Brother Osric Scriptorium. He's on the 14th. December 17th is our own Jörg Schrowen. Yay! You can hear the people in the background cheering. And Phil Burchill on the 20th. The nine-year-old I started listening to Technorama will turn 21 this year in 2017. Do the math. Now 26. (laughs) Time flies when you're podcasting. That's the way it was. On this day in history for December 14th, 2022. Let's let that music play out. We ended on time. That's what we're celebrating. And if you want to be on the birthday calendar, you can get yourself over to chuckchat.com slash birthday. We'll give you a shout out at the appropriate time of year. If it's your birthday this week and you are not on the calendar, well, that's sad. But it's not sad that you're having a birthday. It's sad that you're, we don't get to give you a shout out because we don't know when your birthday is. Happy birthday to you anyway. We do truly love you and appreciate you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And on with the news. What do we have first? Oh, here. This is this is sad <laughs> news. Do we have any sad news, anyone? I don't think we do. I think we just have bad news, good news. Impending. Sad news, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Bad, bad news. news, nobody. Okay. Well... <laughs> Says, Apparently, Technorama got kicked off Twitter for being too young. Yeah. Craig and I got the notice this morning. It said, it looks like you're not 13 years old yet, <laughs> which is complete bumpkiss because we started this podcast in 2005. Oh, you know, okay. So I think I figured out what happened. You said when we joined and probably put it at 2009 rather than no. when we, what? No, no. There. So when I, uh, today... I, I was, I thought, you know, I'm going to make a, a little header for our Technorama um, account. And so I went, I logged in the, uh, the Technorama Twitter account and I was like, oh, birthday. You know what? I'm going to update the birthday because I thought it'd be funny to put the, the date we started podcasting. And then you around, get us kicked off. Well, Wait, no. It if was you... around May 5th. It was around May 5th. May 1st. Uh, something like that. May and, 1st, 2005. I was trying to choose 2005, 
well, that's what I thought I set. And the next thing I know, as soon as I hit save, it locked us out. And it said you had to be 13. I went, did I accidentally pick 2009? You know, I guess I did. And then I tried to log into the form. Yeah, because there's a button that says, if you think this is invalid, you know, click here. And it nothing happened. Just I get the circly thing just sitting there. So, so I don't know. I don't know how many mm-hmm. followers we had, but sorry. Follow us on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'll play with a li- yeah, <laughs> Facebook. LinkedIn. Facebook. I don't know that we've been doing anything with Twitter anyway. And frankly, I don't know. We if do. this is a- I post our podcast over there okay. every, uh, every, all the time. But <laughs> and see, the, the thing was, we use StreamYard to stream. Yes. So I thought, you know what? There's a Twitter option on That's there. So why went- it came up tonight and said your Twitter account is no longer connected. Okay. So I just, I removed it because after what all happened, but I went and added it. I was going to have it. I don't know. I just thought I'd add it on the stream, but I guess well, maybe, I guess Elon took us off. Yeah. You changed his, you changed the Technorama account to hey, Elon Musk. So now I've got to wait till next May for the account to open back up. It's probably going to be gone by then. Cause hey, I think it said it's may- locked out and will be deleted. Well, <laughs> well, if I've got till six months <laughs> i don't think it'll last that long no i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and get at it but uh yeah that's let me see if i can find out what it said and, it and said there's no path for me to i'm i'll tweet him your your hey, at technorama account has been locked in order to create a twitter account you must be at least 13 years old twitter is determined that you don't meet these age requirements i'm like dang podcast is old enough to vote <laughs> so yeah your account has been locked and will be removed from Twitter. Hey, now that I think about it, we're recording this on the 11th. I think it's either this week or next week is my 18th podcasting anniversary. Uh, if if you really? don't meet these age requirements, so your account has been locked and will be removed from Twitter. If you don't think your account was locked, if you think your account was locked in error, you can let us know. Get started. I'm trying. Well, that's what I said. Click on this form, and I, I, I did, and you just get the. Little... I don't have a lot of the guy who used to answer these mails is gone now, Craig. Thanks, Elon. Yeah, I know. So we'll see. I, I may send a tweet out as myself and try and get some action. But that was our fun news for the day. What was the other news story I sent to you that I said we should do this on the show? I didn't see it in the show notes, though. Did I not put it? In? I don't think so. Oh. You know what? Let's I'll see. Where is it? Um, it hang on. No, go ahead. I'm go looking ahead. for the link in our chat. <laughs> Woo! Let's do the let's do Friday. the show live and actually make it live. Where'd yeah. it go? Oh, I, did I send? I might have sent that in Facebook Messenger. Right okay. All right. So, our next story is: It's probably time to take your photos off the internet. Why? Because AI fakes are getting so good that they will take any random set of pictures and it doesn't take much to train these things and run them through an AI and put you in some possibly compromising or illegal situations. They, they took a picture, they took like five or six pictures of this guy. They titled John and they had one where he was standing there with a naked girl. Yeah. (laughs) One where he apparently, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try and describe some of these other pictures. All these were to prove a point that you could actually, um, you know, falsify some data uh, photos, right? And people would go, "Oh, well, you were, you know, drinking heavily at that party." It looked like there's pictures you know, of you on, yeah, on the Facebook or whatever. Um, I, I have to think that this would be a novelty for a few people and maybe some malicious people as well. 
You know, if somebody was out to get you, well, the higher you are I'll on the flagpole, the higher your butt sticks out. So, you know, it's it's likely <laughs> that's that some, another AI f- uh, filter. Yeah, but <laughs> there's a, there's an article or there's a piece of the article part way down that says mm-hmm. there are ways to defeat this. You can run it through some kind of filter that doesn't leave visual evidence that the photo's been tamper-proofed, but that's effectively what it does, so that if an AI tries to get a hold of it and put mm-hmm. you into these situations, it's like the background turns to snow and the faces are yeah, all but, distorted. I mean, it's very okay, obvious so, that it didn't work. But the the thing is, if you're applying... I'm, I'm not saying a lot of people do this now, but remember early on, people go, oh, there's some incriminating Facebook pictures you got on there, and, and people were were applying for jobs and they were being judged by some of their social media presence. Well, all of a sudden, what if your picture show, starts showing up? Yep. Because they made an account with your name. From a disgruntled right girlfriend or coworker or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know what? The first thing that came immediately to my mind was what about this uh, romance scams? Hey, I'm so-and-so and this is my picture. Oh, here's me at the beach. Oh, here's me at, you know, a family party. You know, to make more convincing pictures for somebody to go start um, getting romantically involved in a scam. Yeah. It can happen. Yep. You know. Yep. It can. So, I, I don't think yeah. necessarily. Yeah. If if you're thinking about taking your pictures off the internet, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really worried about it myself, but. No, um, I think there's safety in numbers. I'm just going to hide among all the millions of other photos in there. I, again, the scam thing is what concerns me. Right now, they will go steal a cache of pictures of somebody and show them to somebody else. And, you know, there's a narration, a narrative that goes along with that. And people get involved in these scams. And now they can just make up some pictures. Which if, is great. Again, if somebody's asking you for money on the internet. <laughs> Look. There's a red flag I'm, right there. It's not. Oh, wait, yes, that'd be right. us. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, wait, wait a minute. That where we're getting to the Patreon part now. No. So, <laughs> but well, the the thing about those romance scams, sometimes you cannot talk sense into those people that are falling for it. There is no way. I'm telling you. I know you've been involved with one. You shared that story. Yeah. Well, move along. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Yes, you're right. Okay. Yes. Uh, last one is a heartwarming story about science from BBC News, where scientists. Uh, cleared up this 13, I think she's 13 years old, 13 year old girl's leukemia yeah. by modifying her gene base pair sequences. I'm not going to get into all the uh, details, but it was a, it was Amazing. a sad story about when she was like mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, she's turning 12. Her mom is crying at Christmas because she thinks this is the last Christmas we're going to keep, we're going to have with Alyssa. And then her birthday came up in January and mom was, you know, more or less a basket case. They tried the usual things like chemo, bone marrow transplant. Nothing seemed to work. So they had this experimental base pair study uh, going on and she was part of this trial. Now, in case you don't remember, your DNA is made up of those four letters, H, C, G, and T for... Mm-hmm. adenine, cytosine, guanine, and thymine. And those put together make up the little ladder, the double helix for your DNA. And by swapping some of these out and giving it to her as a medication, there's like this six-step process of how this works in here that I'm not going to try and read, but it has to do with the T cells being modified. Yes. Uh, 
not to be confused with Neutrogena T-Gel, which, you know, good for your hair, but not, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, it, it actually worked, and she is up and about and going to school, and it's a wonderful success story. So mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, this leads to more therapies. Now, it it's not everyone who's going to get this. It's if the other treatments aren't working, and it is still experimental, and it is still in trials. But this is a sign that, hey, maybe we can start to beat cancer in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, there's possibilities are, are coming up. So I think that's fantastic. Little late for me, story. but that's okay. I took the surgical <laughs> approach. Well, you had options and, and you were able to get through it. Yes, I did. I had radiation or surgery mm-hmm. or nothing. That's always an option too. Yeah. Doing nothing is an option. All right. Quick, quick shout out to the chat room. We have... Da, 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 da. John Miller Jr., Brad Miller, Mike Robison, Clinton Alvord. Ooh, we got a lot of people out here watching. Donna's watching. She's in the other room listening, too. She can just come in here. You're pretty much she used to do that. She used to be our camera person. Oh, we're down to four. We lost one. <laughs> oh, you but you can join us live if you want to hang out with us on Sunday nights at 930, or if you want to watch the sports ball, that's fine, too. You can watch us later or listen to us on a podcast. Just search for Technorama Podcast. You can watch podcast. us on a replay. Yep. Just search for Technorama <laughs> Podcast anywhere you find your podcast and or videos. YouTube, Spotify, you get the idea. We're out mm-hmm. there, We but we like hanging out with you on Sunday nights. It's a whole lot of fun. We get, a, we get kind of a snarky crowd going on sometimes. Telling Chuck that it's not Cannonball Run. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move along, shall we? To the remember right. when. All right. We have a couple of things. Atari is reviving a game from 40 years ago. Now, this is from Engadget, so we give credit where yes. credit's due. The name of the game is called Akaar. And for Actually, some I reason, I we... vaguely recall this. Maybe we did a story on it before. I, th- I think that's what people say when they get, can't beat the game. That's what I run into the coffee table with my shin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, the Ak-ar. idea of the game was a little too complex for the players. You know, the old 2600 or whatever they had back in 1982. And it the cabinet style had a trackball, but it was just a little too complex and people got frustrated with it. They said, mm-hmm. hmm games have gotten more complex what do you say we bring this thing back so they are releasing it on pc ps5 and ps4 xbox series xs nintendo switch and atari vcs in early 2023 so there is a video of one of the only three known cabinet versions of akaar this looks like a trippy game Although I see a joystick. Yeah. They said trackball in the article. I'm not sure what happened there. I know. I, I was uh, wondering about that as well. There was a big challenge. Uh, if I read this article right, there was a challenge about the rights to the game and who has license to it and all this good stuff. But they got through that. There's even some mentions of some old familiar games that some of you may know or remember, like Tempest 2000 and Tempest 4000. So fun article, fun read. Uh, and a little video to show you what's going on. They did give it this kind of psychedelic, flashy, trippy motif, but you can turn that off if you are sensitive to those types of uh, effects. Hmm. 
So a lot of fun. I might go seek it out. Actually, they said they released it as part of the 50th anniversary uh, deal that they had what, just a few days ago, or a couple, a couple weeks ago, um, where they released a bunch of games and as a package, and they said it was in it. So I think I said that they were re-releasing it. That is incorrect. It was never officially released. So this is new. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Brad says, re-release that stinker of a game? <laughs> yeah. No, it's no, not E.T. Is, or, uh, or E.T. Journey. <laughs> Journey. <laughs> no. Run from the screaming fans. And you know the... Fall the in journey. a hole and make friends with E.T. <laughs> yeah. The Journey cabinet uh, video game, it actually had a tape deck in it to play the songs. A tape deck in what? In the cabinet. In the there was a cabinet, cabinet version? I thought there was only an Atari 2600 version of that no, thing. No, 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 oh, no, Oh, dear Lord. Actually, it, okay. I yeah, didn't know I, about I mean, the cabinet the, version. The this arcade game was pretty cool. I mean, it had like their faces on the little avatars. to me. But it had a, a cassette tape actually in it to play the songs. You know. What happened yeah, when just, the... Just when, what I, the game, you, <laughs> think it, you, you think they're all digitized or something, but what's that? <laughs> and, can, and there was a pencil hanging on a string next to the cabinet so you could rewind the cassette. That's right. <laughs> every, That's right. Every eighth player had to rewind the cassette with oh, the pencil. By the way, I found out something interesting. Yeah, Brad was saying E.T. is the... I know, I was making a joke about E.T. Like, yeah, I knew E.T. fell out of a hole and he never got out. It's like, yeah. here comes Steve Perry and he falls well, down E.T.'s... <laughs> Right. You know, E.T. did, did kind of make a comeback. Remember, they found it again in the... in the. Uh, yes, they went and dug them up. They made more money yeah. off of the dug up right. mythical cartridges. So I did find out something interesting this uh, this last week. Um, you know how when you would put a pencil in the cassette to rewind it, you always had to kind of... Put it at an angle. Yes. You had to put it at an angle. Uh, and or put some tape on it. it. Do you know that in Japan... It would fit perfectly. That's are the pencils that, bigger? Because the pencils are a little bigger in Japan. That's interesting. I was like, I had no idea. I was watching this guy's uh, review. It's of a new cassette tape, like almost yeah. kind of size. And I was watching it and he said, by the way, and he was talking about uh, the pencils. He said, in Japan, it actually fits straight in there. So it's perfect. The other ones but, that were yeah. real nice are were something like the fine point Sharpies, not the not the fatter ones that you know mm-hmm. are about a centimeter across, but the thinner ones that had sort of a tapered handle. You could take the gray end of it, and it would fit in, and then it would sit down maybe an inch or so on the cassette deck, so you get a nice snug fit, and then you could twirl it with that. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. I would use a pen uh, that had a um, had a uh, a hook. It would grab one of the teeth. You know, you could spin it pretty easy. Clinton said, "I've been transferring old cassettes, and I use the eraser." There you go. Oh, Okie doke. Let's move on to our next story. We have some uh, interesting, I, I don't know where you got this, oh, it came from SF Gate. So a San Francisco, mm-hmm. um, what did this guy do in real life that he just decided to start doing this research? He I, said I, he was just walking down the he, road and he happened to notice that the, there were names on the little uh, water. There's sewer vent covers. Plate. So the, the yeah, sewer, sewer system in, you know, we don't like to think about the sewer system too much, but it, it a lot of homes have uh, that, that I've been around have stacks, right? You, you to let the sewer gas out your roof. Well, mm-hmm. in San oh, Francisco, yeah. the sewer gas escapes through vents on the sidewalk. And many of these vents have 
castings, like iron or bronze plates that are embedded into the sidewalk with Mm -hmm. names on them, names of the plumbers or names of the contractors or names of the, often I thought it was the casting company, but no, this one says like E.V. Lacey plumber, which they, he said there are hundreds or thousands of these all over the city. And he's, he's gone around, done a photo tour and started mapping these out and even started looking into the history like there was one where the plumber didn't get paid by the church because there was a court case around this guy. So yeah. <laughs> he's looking up this guy's name going, this wow. would have been lost to history. And and they're starting to be lost to history because the maintenance of these little like metal plates in the sidewalk mm-hmm. are the responsibility, the upkeep of the property owner. So if you're living in this, you know, townhouse mm. like you used to see on um, Full House, you know, that's yep. that's kind of what I'm imagining here. Yeah. Those, those, you know, vertical townhouse things. If, if they do sidewalk repair or, or something that damages this, it's up to the property owner to replace it. And over time, some of these have been replaced, so they're lost to history, but there's still a lot of them out there. I think you said they were ranging anywhere from 1890 were the most popular ones to 1910. And you could work your way from the center of the city outwards as the city grew you had to build new houses. You put in new yep. casting. And these were like calling cards. These were the business cards. So as people walking down the street, I'm sure somebody's going, my dear, look at that vent. That's lovely. Wouldn't we like to have that one on it's our house? Beautiful. Yeah. Why don't we call E.V. Lacey Plumber? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But there's, there's different styles. Most of them are square. Some are round in a square frame. Like... A.G. Yeah. Holdenson and Company, 816 Florida Street. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Some of them have phone numbers. They look like they have phone numbers. They on. look like, yeah, yeah. I don't think those are phone numbers, but they, they are addresses. There was one that was on like the wrong street. It said a pair of sewer grate covers on Bush Street, not Minna, even though it says Scott Company, 243 Minna Street. That must be where they were located when they installed mm-hmm. these on Bush Street. So if you are in San Francisco, and this seems to be very local to San Francisco, by the way, is Mm. what the article said. It's like, eh, not a lot of cities did it this way, but it's something unique and specific. um, I know it's a little different, but even in my neighborhood, uh, the manhole covers have, you know, the company and the, in this neighborhood has the date, the year that they were put in place. So you can kind of get an idea of when the neighborhood was built. And sidewalks will often have that too. As I'm walking around, you yeah. can say, this sidewalk was late in 2018. This one was late in 1984. You know, that kind of thing. I want to put a couple of pictures on here just to show the people that are watching the view, the uh, video. Share screen two. And see what we're talking about. So, you know, they're not much to look at in some cases, but yeah. United Ironworks, Oakland, California. Lewis Merlo. Oh, Look at that one. It looks like it has a phone number on Yeah, I don't think 343-10356 is, is a phone number because they didn't have, well, did they have phones in 1910? I guess they would have, but they wouldn't have been well, seven digit. Well, you don't know when digit, this one was made. They wouldn't have had seven digit names. No, seven I mean, you digit don't know numbers. when that one was placed in right. service. Well, it wasn't when we had seven digit phone numbers. <laughs> so, cool stuff. You know, next time you're out there, look around, look down, look up. There's things to see. All right, let's remove that. Get back say, to hey, the don't show. Don't be so quick to dismiss me. I've already been right tonight once. Once. That was it. <laughs> that was it. 2022 is over. There you go. Wouldn't it be hazardous? I know. I was, Or at the very least, disgusting, right? Walking around. Well, I mean, it, do you smell it when you're on your roof? 
It doesn't, it's not like it's constantly vaping it's way out. Up, well, it's one thing that's 20 feet or 25 feet, 30 feet above your head rather than coming up from your feet. Well, that just could be your feet. That stink. <laughs> All right. We did find so, a, a uh, go gross, by the way. <laughs> found another article of mm-hmm. a, the police found the identity of a child found dead inside a box 65 mm. years ago. Wow. Talk about your holy cold case missing persons files, right? Yeah. Well, who, who, this child was like four or five years old when he went missing back in 1957 and no one said, Hey, have, has anyone seen my kid? Well, apparently not. So this sat on the shelf for a very, very long time and good old DNA testing Hmm. came up and found his relatives. His parents had long been deceased, but brothers, sisters, uh, they, they checked the national DNA database and they got enough hits. They could narrow it down and found out who he was. Now they still don't know, uh, they, they know kind of how he died, but they don't think they'll ever be able to, to, uh, make an identification or convict anyone of the crime who's probably mm-hmm. also, uh, uh, also dead at this point. They, they did say that, uh, child was between four and six years of age. He died in 1957 and uh, was extremely beat up and abused. So it was That's not terrible. a pleasant sight. Yeah. The name of the child, in case you're wondering, is Joseph Augustus Zarelli. So he is now, I don't know if they're going to like, they had a, uh, a tombstone that just said like Philadelphia's child. Maybe Joe knows where this is. But I, I hope that the city does a, you know, a proper headstone for him and maybe buries him with right. other family members. Who knows? So that's cool. Science. Science. I can't, you know, uh, when we started doing DNA testing on a lot of the old stuff like this, all this uh, old evidence. Yeah. Uh, I always thought, I tried to wrap my head around how you would go through and look, start looking at through all this old evidence. One, there's so much of it. Two, it's all different forms, you know. Uh, and why would somebody keep, how would they keep DNA samples from that long ago? It just, I don't know, it just kind of amazes me that they would have that kind of stuff. Clinton confirms that seven-digit phone numbers were introduced in 1947. Yes, see? Ta-da. Told you. What? No, you said that might be a phone number on there. I said, no, it's not. It's too early. How many? No, I was saying that particular event. Yeah. How do you know when it was put into service? Because the article said this is the period of when they were put into service. Okay. All right. Go back and read the whole thing. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. We have different reading comprehension. Let's go on maybe, to the patrons, though. Maybe somebody time traveled. Bill and Ted. They messed yeah. with you. <laughs> it's always back to Bill and Ted. All right. Thank you to our patrons. We have a new patron this week. Thank you very much. I'm going to just start it off with a thank you to Brad Miller for joining us, our newest patron. He went over to Technorama, excuse me, patreon.com slash Technorama podcast and clicked that button that said, I think this podcast is worth something. I'm not sure what yet, but I'm going to decide yeah. that when I look at the options. Actually, he's an investigative reporter and he's going to find out. <laughs> ah, he's checking us yeah. for scams because our Twitter account right. got blocked. 
right. Other people that did the same were Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman. Thank you to Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC, Dan Demand Coyer, Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros, John Clifford, John Noble, Birthday Boy Yorgos Rowan, Crazy Joe Adventures, who's going to check on that missing boy case. That'll be that'll be Joe's next video. Yeah. <laughs> he's right. gone into a closed 7-Eleven, and now he's going to the unknown boy's grave. Thank you to Kyle Nishioka. I believe he was patron number one. We should probably put these in order somehow. Yeah. Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Mike Wills, Paul Mackey, Saturday Morning Media, Stephen Weshey, Steve Therian, Steve Cody, Steve London... <laughs> And Tim Cook. Thank you very much to all of you who support this show. We are coming to the end of the year, and we are actually doing really good with the budget. We've we've even tweaked a few things to make it easier on Craig's pocketbook, because he was paying the Alphonic payment out of his own pocket, and then I'd reimburse him at the end of the year. So we got that rolled into the monthly payment. Well, Kim would, Kim would go, remind me who this fast spring is again? <laughs> okay. We got that squared away. We are we are yes. being good stewards of your money that we greatly appreciate. Again, if you are interested in becoming a patron member of this, and uh, Craig, it's because we came in a little on bud, a little what are you ahead of budget? What do you call it when under budget? Whatever under budget. Yeah. Uh, we may throw in a, a, another swag for 2023. See how that goes. What? What? We're, we're gonna have we're gonna have a staff meeting to talk about that. I thought I texted okay. you an idea or two. Oh great! Okay, here we well, go. Well, we'll see. I, we'll see. Hey, yeah, Chuck always picks on me for when I text him and say I got an idea. So now it's reversed. Yeah, that's so. a that's a scary thing to do. Don't. Yeah, I, I got an idea. Anytime either one of us say that, it usually involves time or money or both. That's right. So the band has left. Oh. We're gonna yeah we get we gotta wrap this up because we get. Uh, You're right. By the way, uh, if you want to see. 15 years ago, Chuck and I did the 12 Days of Tech Christmas. Remember, it's a little dated, so some of the tech and stuff we're talking about. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it kind of shows its age, but uh, a link to that is under the Remember When for the 12 Days of Tech Christmas. I want to play that when we're done with this. All right. Okay. We have uh, the Pass Me the Remote. What have we been watching or reading or Take it. listening to? Take it. First up on my list from yesterday is Guillermo de Toro's Pinocchio, which mm-hmm. came out this year. What a masterpiece. Really? It's okay. not a simple retelling of the story. It's, it's like you get some good behind the scenes stuff. This is, I, I swear it was CG at first, but then I watched the making of, it's all stop action. Took oh, wow. 15 okay. years to make this movie. and 15? They got... Yeah, they got big names on this. But I think my favorite is Kate Blanchett, who plays, um, uh, what's the, it, it basically plays <laughs> this beat up old baboon. It's not, the, some of the characters have changed. There's still Geppetto, there's still Pinocchio, but it's not Stromboli. It's uh, Conte Volpe. Um, let's see, I'm going to go to IMDB real quick because I want to get the names right. Of some of these people. Let's see. Pinocchio. Come on. Guillermo de Torres Pinocchio. Ewan McGregor. David Bradley, who you probably know better as Filch from Harry Potter. 
He plays Geppetto. Uh, let's see who else is in here that you would recognize. Ron Perlman as Podesta, who's sort of the yep. s- the city councilman. These are a lot of common people that uh, uh, Guillermo t- works with. Yeah, Spazzatura. That's Kate Blanche's character name. <laughs> she, uh, Tilda Swinton plays two characters. So just amazing talent in this. Really, really well done. The lighting, the stop motion, the 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 characters they come alive and because it's Guillermo de Toro there's that certain feel mm-hmm. to the movie i mean he really went to the nth detail like geppetto's fingernails should be dirty and it's like when you build the puppet oh, yeah. the puppets are new it's kind of like mm-hmm. you know when star wars came i was like wow look how beat up all the ships are you know that's what know. Yeah. you get the feel out of this you go into the church Looks and there's used. like yeah. There's dirt on the walls from the the church because it's old. It's just like yeah. beautiful, beautifully done. So well, it's like Pixar; everything looks brand new for the most part. Yeah, and that's why I thought it might be CG, but new. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be a classic that you can go back. A very, very heartwarming story that goes above and beyond uh, what you get out of the classic Pinocchio. There's still a lot of the elements. Uh, like getting swallowed by the whale, only it's not quite a whale. It's more like a Guillermo de Toro sea monster, which is oh, even more beautiful. A kraken. A kraken. Yeah, not, yeah, not quite. But I'm not going to ruin it for you. Just trust me. Go watch this. Great movie. Yeah. What do you got? All right. So uh, it's not quite done yet because I think we caught up with it. But we, <laughs> Kim and I, were, my wife and I were watching the Santa Clauses, which is a follow-up to all the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. Um, it's on Disney Plus, and it's a series, so they're what thirty minutes or so, forty minute episodes, and it's a little silly. It's it's all right, you know. It's more for a family, you know, with small kids kind of thing. Uh, but it, it was fun, you know. I guess oh, that's, you you laughs. said it was on Disney Plus. I thought you were giving these ratings. It's like got a D plus. D plus. No, <laughs> I should put Disney Plus. How about that? Yeah, that might work um, better. Yeah, but and it's okay. Um, don't go in there expecting an epic, you know. I, I really enjoyed the first Santa Claus, you know, when that for, first came out. But uh, kind of got a little goofy as it went on, and it's kind of continued that with the elves and all that stuff, and and the Christmas they take it to the nth degree. So, but it is it's not bad. It's it's just different. All right, my next one is in the dark, and I mentioned this one. A few weeks ago, Don and I just yeah. started watching it like episodes one, two, three in season one. We are almost done with season four. Uh, it has turned out to be an interesting story about this blind woman whose life is a mess and uh, she starts getting into situations and then her friends help her out, but she just destroys the lives of everybody around her. Almost, uh, I think I mentioned this before, it's almost on, on line with uh, Ozark or Breaking Bad. You know, we're just, they're, they're trying to make the best of a bad situation and get out of a bad situation, but mm-hmm. it just keeps getting worse at every turn. Uh, there were a few things that just kind of started driving me nuts towards the end of season three and and reappear in season four. Like, okay, here we go again. Felix is going to say something or do something that ruins the whole plan. And yep, there it is. So I've, I'm finding some of it a little tiresome. We are going to force our way through season four. Uh, and and I'll let you know how it comes out on the other side. But it's uh, 
it yeah, overall I like the story. I just thought it was a little tiresome in some spots. That the, right. the, the writers are going, oh man, they're going back to a formula here. It's like, can we please? Right. And I understand that the characters are who the characters are, and they're going to do the same behaviors, but nobody ever seems to learn from their mistakes. <laughs> right. Like, that always happens, right? It's like the seventh time you've messed this up. Shame on you. That's right. All right. What else you got? Um, I can't remember if we talked about this, but uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, not necessarily the original movie, but I mean, we've seen that a million times. We watch it every year at Thanksgiving. Yep. Uh, however, this is the four. I bought the 4K uh, Blu-ray release, you know, uh, discs. The reason I bought it was because out of John Hughes's archives, they found uh, almost like an hour and a half of deleted scenes. So wow. really, this movie, this movie could have been three hours long, but it, they he had to cut it down a few times. I'm not saying that was the original runtime, but he had to cut it down for time anyway. But there's a lot of deleted scenes, and a lot of those are fun to watch because they're just variations on the same thing that you saw in the movie. But hey, John Candy and Steve Martin, you know, it's hard to not want to watch that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. It was worth worth it. And um, so I'll I'll burn through these two real quick. Uh, I finished the Get Back, which is the Beatles document. Doc- Didn't that come out like from- a year ago? I remember telling it came people out- it was like November of 2021. I think. Um. Yeah, it came out uh, really, uh, yeah, it was last year, I think. Um, okay. I'm trying to remember myself. Um, at 2021, uh, I started it, but then I came back to it, but it's a very long. And it has like three episodes, but they're like two and a half hours each. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I started watching it again. And, and it's where they're they're making uh, the Let It Be album. And they're building right. up to the concert to go along with it. And so what was, I posted this on Facebook, but what was really cool was, I'm watching it and uh, it was in January of 1969 and they're going through each day. Mm -hmm. And when they showed January 25th and they started, they went from the calendar image to back to the video and I'm watching, I went, Hey, wait, this is my birthday. This is when I was born. So I'm watching what the Beatles were doing on my birthday. It was kind of neat, but it was your birthday. (laughs) Unfortunately, that song wasn't on the album Mm. on that album, but, uh, watching the concert, um, I've never really watched the concert before, which I'm surprised I haven't. But it's really cool seeing all the people, the people that came out on the other roofs to watch it, and the people on the street. Some of them were like, "Who is that? Where's that music coming from?" And they had re- not reporters, I guess it was reporters or or uh, people out there interviewing the people, the standbyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that sounds like the Beatles. Yes, yeah, the Beatles are up on the roof. Why would they do that? Why would they play up there? <laughs> yeah. It was some interesting, uh, it's interesting to see their, the people's feedback. So there's that. And then, uh, I just started watching Ted Lasso, which is on, um, Apple TV, Ted Lasso. Uh, <laughs> I've known about it. Uh, I've seen clips from it and recently at work, um, the VP that's over our group, he had a beard and a mustache. He actually shaved his beard and had the, the visor hat on and look like <laughs> was, what, I told him he was cosplaying as Ted Lasso, <laughs> which we, that's what he was doing um, to get a point across. But I really like it. I like Ted Ted's um, uh, optimism on uh, just about everything, and it's really it's really good show. You you would probably like it, Chuck. So if I had Disney Plus, oh well, I actually you know what? I no, it's on um, 
Apple TV Plus. Uh, Apple, that's what it was, not, Apple TV. I did sign up for it just so uh, I could watch that and a few other things. So I'll, I'll keep it for a little while. I don't know if I keep it permanently, but that as one of my uh, services, but I'll keep it for a little bit. All right. So I got too many services, to be honest with you. I don't know how many you have. Mm, Hulu, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Paramount uh, Plus. Paramount Plus. Amazon comes with Amazon Prime, so I'm not counting yeah. that. Yeah, that's kind of a default, you know. Um, I might be out. What else we got? We don't have Peacock. Don't have Disney. Yeah, I do. I don't have, have Apple. I have all those, and I got Peacock and Disney as well. So really, I've got a, I got a lot, and then Apple TV. Well, Apple TV was only like five bucks. Actually, I um I was surprised I couldn't get it on one of my Apple devices from work. You know, just but they at one point they were giving out a year's worth of Apple TV Plus when you buy an Apple device. I was like, oh, okay, right. maybe I can maybe I can register. They quit doing that. Well, they had it when we got our Apple T fourth gen, what was it, the beginning of twenty twenty one? But there was nothing on. There's like there was nothing worth watching at that oh. time. <laughs> yeah, now they got a good bit of stuff and they don't they don't have the breadth of stuff like Netflix and everything. Yeah. But which is good. I think uh focusing on quality it makes a makes a big difference rather than throwing everything at the wall. Alrighty. That takes us through All the right. media corner and into the geek library, which we have one story for you. This it almost could have gone space. in the news. It probably could have gone in the news section, but we just want to let you know that the James Webb Space Telescope, JWST, has... Theoretically, I sound like they, they they sort of say in the headline, it's broken the record for the most distant galaxy ever confirmed. But you read on and it says, well, it, it, it it's, a, it's in a range that really hasn't been seen before. So <laughs> By us. Well, they say that astronomers measure the distance of cosmic objects by using a metric called redshift. Because of the expansion of the universe, the more distant an object from the Earth, the faster it moves away from us. Similar to the Doppler effect when you hear the siren go by. Wee, 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 right? Yeah. Okay. By comparing how red a galaxy appears to calculations of its actual color, astronomers can determine how distant a galaxy actually is. The early observations of galaxies by JWST, or excuse me, in those early observations, astronomers could only make an approximation of each galaxy's redshift because they did not have detailed data on the spectra of the light coming from those galaxies. Those observations provide hints of galaxies with redshifts of 12 and above, meaning they seem to be more than, now this is the, the hard part to fathom, seem to be more than 30 million light years away. That's not that far when the universe is like 14 billion light years across. I think that might yeah. be a typo in there somewhere. And it would have formed oh. within 400 million years of the Big Bang. But many scientists viewed those findings with skepticism because of the lack of precise confirmation. Quote from Emma Curtis Lake at the University of uh, Hertfordshire in the UK. It was crucial to prove that these galaxies do indeed inhabit the early universe. It's very possible for closer galaxies to masquerade as very distant ones. Mm -hmm. So as part of the JWST advanced deep 
Extra Galactic Survey, which all good NASA acronyms have to spell something. That one is JADES. I think they always reverse engineer these somehow. So now we have an initialization that makes an acronym. Cool. Researchers have confirmed (laughs) the redshifts of four extremely distant galaxies ranging from about 10.4 to 13.2. That means they formed between 325 million and 450 million years after the Big Bang. The previous record for the highest confirmed redshift was 11. So, you know, 11 was the record. This one's 10.4 to 13.2. So it's quite likely, but not exact. So Mm -hmm. they say. And we don't have a tape measure that goes out that far. No. But we are working on one. That's right. The thing longer is getting there. (laughs) We'll just reach out and touch it. These are by far the faintest infrared spectra ever taken, says Stefano Carniani of Scuola Normale Superiore in in Italy. Is the observations took 28 hours over three days and covered 250 faint galaxies in total. Wow, that's a lot of observations. Hmm. Uh, another set is planned for 2023. So very cool stuff. JWST hard yeah. at work. Hanging out at L2. That'd be a good band name. L2? L2. There's L7, yeah. which was named mentioned in uh, Willy Bully. Let's not be L7. You know what that means? I know. Let's not be a square. square. Yep. Okay. I know because my dad says it all the time. Oh boy. That shows his age. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be L7, Greg. I'm like. (laughs) So that's it for the Geek Library. Our question of the week, a little more challenging this time. What is the smallest hill you are willing to die on? Pluto is a planet. <laughs> I declare it. <laughs> Good luck with that one. All What's right. The smallest hill you would die on, Chuck. I don't have anything right now. I don't I tend not to be that opinionated about stuff, which we should probably be looking for what's the biggest hill I'll die on. Actually, I found that as I've gotten older, a lot of things don't matter. <laughs> right. You like, still got to stand up for your your core principles, your values. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm talking about like crap you know just things is like eh. uh-huh uh-huh eh, eh. whatever it's called being married for a long time you learn to let it go <laughs> that'll that'll beat you down <laughs> i didn't say it don is probably his still watching in the other finally, room don't get me in trouble his spirit is finally broken <laughs> <laughs> i learned what's valuable go watch there the go. go watch the hey, uh, man it I like mayonnaise. What? Mayonnaise is the worst invent. That's the smallest hill he's willing to die on. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, John Boy <laughs> Jr. All right. Let's play that music and make like a tree and get out of here. All right. Let's do it. All right. If you want to get in touch with us, as Craig mentioned, and I'll put it on the screen again, you can get a hold of us on the listener line, 707-530-2428. Let us know what the smallest hill you're willing to die on is. Or send us an email, technorama at chuckchat.com. Don't look for us on Twitter yet. <laughs> well, you can, but... You can look. You can't go find much. This account has been locked out. Uh, what else? You find us anywhere you look on the internet for Technorama Podcast, YouTube, podcasts, movies coming to a theater near you, something like that. Love to hear from you. And again, thank you to all our patrons who make this show possible, financially viable, we appreciate it greatly. If you want, you can go over to patreon.com slash Podcast. Until next time.
time. We're going to try and get one more in before the end of the year. Craig, give him a binary high five. All right. 101. Thank you for listening. 